Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. We are joined now by one of Ireland's funniest men, one of Ireland's soundest men. He's a social media phenomenon with over a million fans across social media. He's one of the very few who've taken part in Hell Week. Unbelievable. And he's just released his fourth book. He's Rory O'Connor, but to us, he's Rory Story. Oh, thanks, Rory. Dave, how are you? Good. You, I know you mentioned Hell Week there. You're a good Nick. You're a very fit guy. Are you fit all the time, or did you just have to kind of focus? For no, the- no. It, it's, I learned very early on in my life that it's, it's my medication exercise. Like, mm. So I don't do it for the six-pack or the biceps. It's just to keep the head right. Probably carrying a few too many pounds at the minute for being on tour and delis and hotel food, but uh, that's okay. I kind of go up and down half a stone all the time. Um, dropped a stone in a few days in Hell Week, mind you. But, uh, <laughs> as people are saying, geez, can I sign up to that stone in three days? But um, yeah, no, I train a lot for the head. That's the truth of it. Yeah. Yeah. And in that Hell Week scenario, when you are losing that kind of weight, like, and everyone we've spoken to who's done Hell Week, whether it's like the, the regular punters or the celebrity ones, and even the DSs talk about it, like the, the mental toll of all of that, whatever about the physical toll, but the mental toll is just so insane in that show. I mean, it's been a year now, hasn't it, since you were yeah, on? Yeah, I, I, even it was a year since it was aired, but a year and a half since I'd done it. It was May 2021 when and I actually filmed it. Looking back on that now, with that much time having passed, rather than just, you know, when you came out of it and we talked to you almost straight away, like, how do you feel about it now, looking back? Yeah, it's still, it's been a huge part of my journey, and, and I, I was chatting to Eric Donovan recently, who was obviously on one, and, and it's something that, it, it sticks with you, it's an experience that you can't explain, like, mm. um, I remember Shane Lowry was a fan of it, and I was saying to him, Shane, the only way I can kind of reference to you is, you walking up Port Rush on the 18th, and everyone roaring you, no one knows what that feels like by Shane Lowry, like, yeah, no yeah. matter how many much you explain, and Hell Week is like that, it's like, I remember chatting to like, David Gillick, Fiona, Carol, Peter Miller, all before the show, and I'm like, lads, I can't give you any more information. <laughs> it's going to be the maddest experience of your yeah. life, but I, I, the tip I give them is 10 seconds. Just 10 seconds. That's all you do is when you're in in the real thick of it, just count to 10 over and over again. And I spoke to David Gillick, who got through it, like savage of a man, yeah. and he said the amount of times I met him, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. Okay. because. It's such it's such an incredibly tough environment from the second you get there. The DSs bring you right into this world you've never been before. No PT, no cross trainer can get you to that level. It's just <laughs> this is nuts, and and it's just going for as long as you can. Like yeah. uh, it's it's as Ray Goggin says, the physical fitness lasts for a couple of hours, then it gets into your head. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember looking at Peter Stringer and, and Andrew Trimble, like uh, former Irish international rugby players, Melanie Nocter, two-time swimmer, and me looking at myself with the arse hanging out and the belly hanging out and <laughs> played for me junior B club team two weeks. But uh, <laughs> but I said, listen, Rory, you've been to place in your head that they mightn't have been dark holes that you need to pull on that and get you through. And should that came out on the show because it is what it is. It yeah, is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you're on the road a lot at the moment. Yeah, you've got your tour going on. I love the blend that you've put together for this tour. We were chatting there. Uh, before we came back on air. Tell everybody about how you work it together in the different parts of the show. Yeah, so, like, Rory's story has kind of swung in different directions, but well-being is as much as comedy what I'd be associated with, and mm. it's something I'm very passionate about. So I wanted to 
when I was talking to my manager about planning the show, I wanted to hit all the notes, like, so, um, and even Rory's stories seem to be, so it, it culminates of the first half is, is 45 minutes of laughter, and from COVID, being a parent, living with my parents during the lockdown, which wasn't exactly nice, <laughs> uh, even though my parents were, not, were great to bring us in, but not ideal with a family in a small three-bedded house, uh, no offence, man, dad, it's no castle, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's where I was born and reared, and I love it, but having your family in there, and, and when we're all told to stay indoors was tough so I, I talk about the light side of that because it's a part of our society now there's a lot of people in their late 20s 30s moving home mm. and they can relate to the kind of comedy aspect of things so I bring them through that journey and then uh, after the interval I have a special guest so I've had some amazing conversations I said I haven't digested them yet because I've been so go 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 but like Keith Earls was one that stuck mm. out for me. Earls was amazing. They like, talking about growing up in my Ross and Limerick and getting, you know, expelled from school and you know, uh, he was telling me going around kicking wing mirrors off cars and I says, that's obviously why you're so good at a box kick, Earls. He is like, you know, <laughs> and it, he was getting real deep and I says, Earls, you know when you take off and there's no one ahead of you, like, you know, and you can see the try line, do you just flick a switch and hear a siren in your head and you just get running faster? <laughs> and Earls, he was like, yeah, yeah, Paul O'Connell bet you to that joke. So, uh, <laughs> Paul, he was like, when they're doing the spin test, you know, just put on the, uh, the, the, the guards there and Earls will be gone, like, you know, or the, so he he was amazing, like uh, Connor Whelan here in Galway last night, uh, top hurler, spoke about uh, losing his, his cousin Niall to suicide when he was 16. We, we went into that. Very deep fella, but an amazing amount of layers to Connor Whelan. Um, really cool guy. And as I said, carrying probably Galway's hopes of an All-Ireland because Joe Cannon's finished now and mm. he took that well. And Sean O'Brien and Carlo. Like, so Sean, these conversations yeah. are definitely not... Uh, they're, they're, I'm sure there's light moments in them, but the idea of that is, as you said, you're passionate about wellness and, and, and people talking and being open about things. So here's sounds like lots of men, two men on the stage, having a conversation, an open conversation. That's important. Yeah, yeah, and it, like, it's probably inspired by the Tommy Tiernan show. It's such a popular show, and, and Irish people love it. It's chat. Like, mm. a chat is part of society. We're in the King's Head here now. Tomorrow, tonight, to be lads up, having a point. That's what was missing during the pandemic. You know, people think, you know, alcoholic when it comes to in the pub all day, but they don't realise the two or three points that the old lads in the country will have, and that's their way of, of communicating and having a chat. So mm. I'm trying to bring that to the stage. And I can kind of wave. I give them a couple of pointers, but there's no script to this. Sure. I just say, enjoy yourselves. And I always say, if there's anything you don't want to talk about, I won't land you with it. But a lot of them have said, Rory, I'm an open book. And when they say that, it's like brilliant. So you go at them then mm. and try and pull as much inspiration out of them as I can for the half an hour. Like. And then what do you wrap it up with? Uh, I've been a wild rover for many <laughs> a year and I spent all my money on whiskey and beer and then you this. No, they never. I'm into... Uh, no, nay, never, no more will I play Wild Rover. No, never, no more. The show is essentially an evening in an Irish pub where you have a few laughs, then you get really serious for a while, then you go, ah, forget this, let's have a sing song. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, you hit the nail in the head, it's like that was gas cracked, and oh, jeez, this is a bit serious. Oh, fuck, not, I don't know what's going on here. And that. <laughs> And, and then and then it gets into oh oh Grace just hold me in your arms. <laughs> well, yeah. not only are you Someone doing all of that, time please, time please. <laughs> yeah. The show is over. You also brought out a book, Rory Story's Lockdown Look Back, and this thing is absolutely hilarious. So you are looking back at what it was like in lockdown and, and reminding us all of the funny side of lockdown. Yeah, like, there is a lot of, like, comedy in it, as I said, like, the guard at checkpoints, like, uh, you know, walking 2K and then on your stopwatch walking back and the fear, 
the fear of God and, you know, even essential, non-essential in shops, whoever come up with this idea. I went down to my local Tesco to get nail clippers. They were deemed non-essential, but scissors were. <laughs> I said, have you ever cut your toenails with a scissors? Uh, uh, you know, I walked into a Chinese one day and I ordered me chicken curry and chips and she says, sorry, you'll have to order online. And I says, well, I'm here now. Can I order? No, I'm sorry, sir. COVID rules, you have to order online. And I says, are you messing? She says, no. I, I actually walked outside the Chinese, looked through the glass window at her, rang the Chinese. She answered. <laughs> <laughs> she took my order and, and made me wait outside for 10 minutes. And uh, I walked in. Hello, how was your evening? I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> um, so a, a lot of that, and, and I tried to capitalize that in the book, and a lot of help at Irish Public, they put in a lot of stories mm. from the public that inspired me to write the book. Um, you know, there was a Facebook post that I put up when Miha Marin said, go and enjoy your lives again. And there was like thousands and thousands of comments of their experience. And I was like, this can't go wasted. So right. between my stories, my Hell Week experience, which I documented in detail, because it did have an impact on people. Like, you know, I got overwhelmed with messages mm -hmm. and support. So I, I felt I need to put into, uh, in towards my whole experience of it and how, where it brought me in, 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 into a dark hole and stuff like that. So I think it's a nice mixture. And obviously, COVID was tough for people that might have lost loved ones. So I touched on that as well. Like, so hopefully it's a nice, a bit like the, the live the show, show, a bit, yeah. of, uh, bit, a bit of reverence. So a nice stocking filler um, to have a giggle now this Christmas. Yeah, it's Madden. called The Rory Stories Lockdown Look Back. Rory O'Connor, you won't miss it. It looks like Money United. I'm very happy with that, Rory. I don't know if that was intentional. <laughs> but red and black book, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Get your hands on that. As Rory said, good stocking filler uh, this Christmas. You say you do touch on some painful subjects from time to time. Uh, I'm thinking about the vasectomy. <laughs> and is that something that features in the book as well? Yeah, so you know the way uh, you go to, well, you know the way, like some people go to vasectomy kind of, and they say it's three and a half thousand to one. Um, well, you're looking at the one, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I, I was the three and a half thousand to one. It didn't work on me. That's, that's the truth. Um, yeah, they're probably going, that's a joke. It's actually not. Uh, I couldn't believe when she told me, you know, she said you have ten, five million, we'll say, floating around, you know, where. Yeah. After a certain time, mm. and after another six weeks later, I had ten million. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they actually attached someone else's to yeah. the operation. So, uh, <laughs> if there's a most fertile man in Ireland trophy, uh, I should be up next for it. So, uh, um, yeah, it was a wild experience. I, I again, uh, I, I tell the story on stage. Um, yeah, it's very awkward when the people doing the procedure know who you are. Um, <laughs> And know what size your manhood is. Um, I kind of slag you from there, and you're just, you know you're just like lying there, being like, "This is the most awkward thing ever." And they're having a full conversation with you, and I'm thinking, "Data protection is alive and well in this country." <laughs> <laughs> um, so well, I, uh, I went in for a procedure not so long ago, and uh, did this procedure? No, a, di a different one uh, that I won't get into here because you know why? It's why? Medical and whatnot. <laughs> but. Anyway, I go in, obviously, you know, it was an operation, not a big one, but you're feeling a bit nervous. And uh, the lady who came up, the first nurse I met, uh, was kind of a little bit grumpy, a little bit kind of distracted. And I was like, oh, I, I was hoping someone would just kind of put my mind at ease. You know, this is all very clinical and strange. And eventually she was so kind of off with me. I said, are you OK? And she said, oh, I'm really sorry. It's my first day. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, she then took out a razor and said, now I'm going to have to shave you. <laughs> I was like, do you work here? Uh, yeah, it's not what you want to hear, is it, in the first opening minutes? It's like, hardly a version, was it, where they don't reset the heart. No, it's not. <laughs> I actually got that done recently, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I have a regular heartbeat, and he brought in, shaved the chest, and don't back into rhythm, yeah. 
It was that it, no? Yeah, was it, was it the same woman? <laughs> <laughs> the same nurse. No, but it, it, sh- it was your shaved chest or shaved? Oh, he was shaved his whole no, 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 top no. toe. He got so much work done. I mean, yeah, look at I this see, body. You can't yeah, get that naturally, my, lad. My back, my back was so hairy, it became a clinical issue. They had to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had to bring me to hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, worrying, but uh, procedure, yeah, so that's, so that's me. So uh, it's very popular at the minute because uh, there was not much to do during lockdown, we'd say. <laughs> and uh, so there's a lot of people signing up to at the minute. There's a long waiting list. So I, uh, I'm still undecided where to go from here, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> Stay fertile at this point. You yeah, know, yeah. As well, yeah. I have three lovely kids, but I couldn't imagine. If you, if you get another enough. operation of 20 million, we'll all be in trouble then. Rory. <laughs> yeah. we'll, get, we'll get pregnant up here just sitting beside you. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, listen, Rory Stories, his book, the Rory Stories Lockdown Look Back, is, uh, is available everywhere. And uh, also, you're, in tour, you're on tour. You're in Kilkenny tonight. Yeah. If you're leaving here and going to Kilkenny. Yeah. And then you're in Liberty Hall, isn't it? Tomorrow night, yeah. Tomorrow night, yeah, Liberty yeah. Hall. Okay, well, look, ladies and gentlemen, it's Rory Stories. Thank you. Well, he's been described as gut-destroyingly funny. <laughs> and he's in Galway with his show, The Tiny Kings of Winter. You'll know him from shows like 8 Out of 10 Cats, The John Bishop Show, and never mind The Buzzcocks. Good morning, Glenn Wool. Good morning. <laughs> Watch your guts, everybody. I will destroy them. You're like a really friendly LKZI immunitas bacteria. That's great to have you around. That's right. Yeah. That's, great to, that's what the rest of the reviews said. Yeah. What's it like getting up in the morning and doing a radio show after I you? have no idea. This is the first time I've ever been up in the morning. I always feel sorry for the comedians in fairness. Because, like, you know, they get, I can't wait to get to go away. I'm going to gig. I'm going to party. And Oh, no, someone's booked me into a morning radio show. I know. And uh, my wife is in England right now with my two young children, and they're on half term right now. Yes. So I should be sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But things have changed for you over the last few years. You've got a bit bit more sensible, have you, in terms of... Of uh, settling down and yes, you know, yes. doing the school drop off and things that maybe a younger you would never have have imagined. No, no, <laughs> yeah, I've I've bought a little house in the countryside and I live absolutely like three minutes away from my kids' school, so I am used to being up in the morning, but it's usually for a fifteen-minute interval and <laughs> to drop them off, hopefully at the yeah. right school. Yeah. You wake up later and wonder, was it all a dream? Yeah, yeah, I've been dropping them off at the bakery apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Come as a shock, but they bring home bread. So, and they've got jobs. They're working now. Um, your brother lives in a place which I I just wanted to ask you because I've heard of this place called None of It. None of it. Yeah, yeah. So where is this? Could you give it for, for our audience it here? It is everyone in the conveniently named Northwest Territories. So it, I can give you precisely where it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's right in the name. It, it used to be part. It's in Canada. It used to be part of the Northwest Territories, but uh, the indigenous people said, um, "You know, it's got a name." Right, <laughs> not just name. coordinates. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, but they, there was arguments of um, what they were going to call it, and um, they, they had like a like a, a a referendum, and and some people wanted to call it none of it, and just to give you an idea of the sense of humor of the people. Yeah, some others wanted the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> some, some of it. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and the other, the third option was Dave. <laughs> There's not many people up there, so it was a, it was a closer race than you think. Well, the only reason that I've even heard of this place is that we actually have a listener there. 
The guy's name is Matty. I think his second name is something like Amarualik or something like that. Anyway, he's an Inuit. Yep. <laughs> he lives up there and he listens to Dermot and Dave. It's unbelievable. We had him on the show, actually. We didn't ask me anything with him and asked him all those questions that people want to ask people who live in that kind of but, place. Like, but, Glenn, I just want to reassure you, we, we do have like quite a few listeners. <laughs> Dave is, is kind of painting the picture that we have so few, we know them all by name. <laughs> and by coordinates. Yes, yeah. where they live. Yeah, and we can find them, so you better tune in, Dave. <laughs> and have you spent any time in none of it? I have. What's I it like? Have. Uh, it is a barren. Um, <laughs> it's 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 beautiful, right. but um, yeah, it's got. You get the seasons there, <laughs> <laughs> and if your favorite one's winter, well. <laughs> Uh, but I love watching those shows, you know, of these remote places in Canada and they, they, they're trapping animals and there's no animal in the trap and they're devastated. And I, I, I realize this is a really, you know, stereotypical small part of a very big and interesting country. But th those are the kinds of shows that we get sent. But I, I, actually, I I'm, you know, I, I'd like to dream that I would, I would love that lifestyle, but I guess it's far more challenging in reality. To be fair, that is... Mostly what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would make the news. Did you hear Barry's trap was empty? <laughs> Pictures at five. <laughs> he went and had a look. There was none of it in yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's, what kind of comedy show does Glenn Will do when he comes to Galway? What kind of thing do you want to do? Uh, well, I did the Keys last night. Uh, uh, very um, prestigious. Prestigious venue. It's got a huge organ on the stage, so I'm a fan of double entendres. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out. Yeah, I didn't have to do any material. Just <laughs> but the cops, I was joking with the bar manager. He's like, you can't play it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and where are you tonight? You're in the black box, aren't you? The black box, yes. Uh, Maxwell and Reg, I believe, and some others. Yeah. Um, a show. Yeah, and I was doing. It was the uh, the keys last night. Was the comedy uh, pub crawl, uh, and Maxwell, or no, Reg and Rich are the headliners in the next few days. My, I I was kept secret from the crowd. Okay. Which I thought was, yeah, that was cool. And then goes talking to Cab. He's like, go tell him that uh, Rich and Reg are on. Oh, so I was kept secret for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> Just come. It'll be good. <laughs> um, you're very well settled in the UK now. I know, obviously, as you say, you're, you're Canadian born, but UK is your home now. Do you, I, we always think we're very similar to, to people in the UK. Do, when you're spending time in Ireland, do you notice any differences between Irish people and English yeah, people? Yeah, you're fun English people. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is the greatest. We, we need that as a motto over the country when you land in. <laughs> Filled with fun English people. <laughs> you know when the English go to bed? They don't. <laughs> That's so brilliant. Oh, man. Do you think we're a bit more cracked then? We're, we've, we've a bit more energy to us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's why I can only come here in intervals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Galway is, in fairness, the epicenter of crack. It's a great city to hang out in, isn't it? Oh, I absolutely love it. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on the radio here. And there's, <laughs> there's a bunch of people who are so cheap they won't go to a show. They just... <laughs> 
<laughs> Who knows what else they'll do to entertain themselves? <laughs> you know, you could just pay for a ticket and see. <laughs> Go watch the radio live. Come on. <laughs> yeah. As Dermot always says, it's just two guys staring into laptops and talking to people on their headphones who aren't here. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know why you want to come, people. <laughs> uh, Glad, we're so glad you're here. We're glad you're at the Callaway Comedy Festival. We love your stuff. Thank you so much for coming in, Tom. Uh, thanks, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Glenn Wolf. Hey! She's been in things like Intermission, Noble and Moonboy. She's the voice of Gogglebox Ireland. She's been a feature of the Irish comedy scene since she was practically an infant child. But over the past two years, she's just been demented. Good morning, Deirdre O'Kane. Morning. How are you? I'm on fire like the planet. Um, <laughs> great, great form. Always love being back in Galway. You do, yes. and we always love having you on the show as well. Um, you were gigging last night in the Galmont Hotel. I was in the Galmont last night. I'm in the Roche and Dove tonight. Good. Uh, then I'm up to Dublin for a gig, and I'm back here in the Black Box on Sunday night. Sunday, Black Box Sunday night. That's a hell of a venue. Go along and see that one. You have a bit of history with Galway, don't you? Did you get your first job down here? I had my first professional job as an actress in Galway, and I lived here for two years. So when I come back, I feel like a young one. I feel like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, this is this is where I started drinking. This is my place. <laughs> what was the job? Can you remember? Um, it was I was an actress. I started out as an actor, and uh, and I was a job with Druid. And I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about my dad Go because on. when I wrote this show, Demented, my, my dad died a couple of years ago, and I started writing about him in mm. this show. And uh, <laughs> one of the stories I remembered was that. The 80s was a shocking recession and really affected my parents very badly. Right. So when I got my job, like I'm one of five, I thought I'd better ring my father because he needs kids off the payroll ASAP. <laughs> but he only hated two things in life, my father, and that was the banks and the rain. Right? <laughs> the rain could literally finish him off. And I, and I just found this hysterical. I used to say to him, he was Irish, he was yeah, an Irish yeah. man. And I used to say this... We're Irish, Dad. This is where we live. You've got to make peace with this. <laughs> yeah. But he just couldn't cope. And he had a catchphrase. Like, it's, we had a massive living room window, a massive sitting room window in our house. And he used to literally stand looking out at the rain. And he'd go, it could be worse. You could be in the West. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally his catchphrase. And, and my mother also had one, which was, are you still here? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, when I, when I got the job, right, with Druid, I rang him. And he used to answer the phone with a cough to clear his Throat. All right. He would have been so popular in the COVID times. Would... <laughs> anyway, he would answer the phone. Ah, eight oh six two. Oh, your phone number's only four digits. Eight oh six two. I'm I'm as old as T. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Right, I'm growing you, Emer Elizabeth Durdry." Durdry because he couldn't pronounce the name he gave me <laughs> and I said it's Durdry and he said oh that's great love and I said, I said have you any news I said I have news I said I got a job and he literally went oh Jesus oh Jesus thanks be to God and I could hear him say to my mother she got a job <laughs> one of them got a job oh that's great love that's great what is it I said listen I said it's an acting job with a company called Druid I said they're amazing now they're one of the best and he said one of the best that's fantastic, love. It must be in London, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, it's in Galway. Nothing. No, nope. no word. <laughs> Silent tumbleweed was literally blown through the phone. Like, minutes passed. <laughs> minutes. And then he finally said, Jesus Christ, you can't live in Galway. The rain! <laughs> so you'll either lose your mind or you'll take to the drink. 
And I said, Dad, now congratulations is the word that you are looking for here. Yeah. And, he, and he finally sort of copped himself on and he said to me, oh, no, you're right, love, you're right, love. No, that's fantastic news. Uh, now, I, I'll have to tell you, uh, there's, I won't be coming to see you anytime soon, <laughs> he said, because I have to tell you, love, the sun is in your eyes the whole way to go. He's a practical man. He's totally right. He's totally right. The sun is in your eyes the whole way to go. But why did he never own a pair of sunglasses? <laughs> well, you know, in many ways, maybe he was right because, you know, your show is called Demented. So maybe he did go mad and take to the drink. And oh, well, of course he did. Well, yeah. that, that was inevitable. Yeah. Um, the show is Demented. This is the one that you're touring around mm. at the moment. Uh, what kind of things are you covering in it? Why are you demented? Uh, well, first of all, there was the, the two years of COVID. Mm. Um, that was part of it. And uh, and then I, I, during that time, I got older. Now, we, we all got older, but <laughs> you didn't get older when you were at my stage. I couldn't afford to get two years older. In, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm hanging to the, clinging to the looks now by a fucking thread. So <laughs> I was like, I can't afford to be hidden away. I need to get this out. I've got literally five more years of the face and then it's all over. So, <laughs> so I was fucking going mad at home. I was like, ah, Jesus, no, please. I need to get back out. So there was all of that. And yeah, becoming a woman of a certain age and fucking menopause and <laughs> parenting teenagers and We're, older parents and all that. You will have to rein in your f bombs because it is. Oh, early I'm in so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it is so, early in the morning. Look, it's so Deirdre's going to mental, lads. This is going to happen. Oh my like, God, I'm, it's desperate. I'm so sorry. You're, you're in Galway. It's comedy festival. No, I know, time, I know. You know. It's the radio. It okay, is the radio. I'll, I'll try sure. now. I'll try now. I'll but uh, no, it now. is hard to turn off that part of your brain if you're full full on performance if every night of yeah, the week. Yeah, when you're on the road, you know what that's like. You're, you're, How are you finding? in the road, actually. Oh, mad for road. Really? <laughs> Steve Wall sent me a text the other day. He was looking at me, literally said to me, you're mad for road. <laughs> I'm sure you haven't always been mad for road. I haven't. I, I think it's because I've got teenagers and I'm desperate to get away from them. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they could make their own toasted ham and cheese sandwiches, you were gone. God, you're absolutely bang on. I think it might be that. You know, before when I was on the road and they were little... It's just too hard. Your, mm. your, my, my brain was going. Who did? Have you got? Did you feed them? Like you know what I mean? You're, <laughs> yeah. you're saying to them, you don't trust himself, even though he's perfectly capable. But you're still going. No, that child wasn't fed. I, I don't think that's. <laughs> I don't think that was done right. And your head just doesn't stop. And I didn't find it easy. But now I kind of get in the car and I put my music up loud and I'm like, yeah. Off you go. What tunes I'm are you going. listening to? What? What? Oh my god. What gets I, you ready for the road? What gets you mad for the road? <laughs> I, ha- I have a very broad range. I-, I literally will go from everything from traditional to hip hop. Like I'm, oh. I'm a full gamut. Uh, when and do you have music. playlists, or you just kind of go through whatever's there? I have playlists. Yeah, All I have right. a pre-show playlist now that would absolutely get me hopping. <laughs> Any- anything that I hear that makes me want to dance, I use. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Um, you have a rake of dates, as Darren mentioned. Like you're mad for road, as we said. Uh, for but road. January 21st is a big one. That's yeah. Well, Olympia. back in the Olympia, uh, where I started actually, where I did my first, my first big. Show was in there, so I'm back in there. 21st of January, um, and hopefully a couple more nights. I think it's selling pretty well that one. Brilliant, right? Well, let's hope there's a few yeah. more as well. Yeah. Well, there's the whole tour. Will we? Will we go down? Will I mention them well, all? We won't mention them all because we will be here until tomorrow. But like, dearjoelkane.net. That's, there you that's go. where that's they are. Yeah, that's where. They, oh, and I, the restaurant I'm on on Tuesday night. The restaurant, ladies and gents. How was that experience? It was really interesting, and I had a lovely flirt with your man, the chef, at the oh, end. Oh, the chef. I think yeah, he yeah. flirts with everybody, doesn't he? Oh, no, it's a, he's saying no, that one. Just you, dear. Oh, I don't know, just I don't you. know. He's got the eye. He didn't flirt with Devin Toner, I'll tell you that much. No. <laughs> Do you not find it strange that, you know, you... you <laughs> 
it was your lifelong goal to finally escape the house of making dinners and like, the first project you choose when that happens is going straight into cooked dinners listen I said no a lot but I was so desperate after the Covid I had to make hey I have a mortgage I said right affect this I'm going to say yes to everything that was another F-bomb with an E, with an e. Yeah, that's perfect that's allowed what that's a professional charming. unbelievable what a pro- um, and what did you cook what can you say? I, can I say it? I don't know. Can, can yeah, I? Go on, tell us. No one's listening. Yeah. Spaghetti vongole. Spaghetti vongole. Yeah. Very nice. That's just that a drunk person trying to say bolognese. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Spaghetti vongole. Surf and turf. I did a bit of steak. Sure. Prawns. Did, yeah, things like and that. And how did you handle the stress of the kitchen? Because I, I, I'm not designed for that. I've, I've worked in just enough restaurants over the years to know that this is not my place. No. Um, how, how did you handle that pressure? Yeah, badly. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm the very same as you. I'm, I'm not good. I, I, can feed, I can do five things, five dishes, that's it, and a lot of kids' dishes. But, oh, my God, I have new respect now for chefs and kitchens. Yeah. And I always have had, but, my God, the pressure, lads. You'd think it's a lot to go out and everybody goes, oh, being a stand-up comic is pressure, you're yeah. out. And you go, Mother of mercy, try feeding a restaurant full of people. The pace, the screaming and the heat. The standing heat. in front of this fiery stove at my aid, the state that I'm in. <laughs> There couldn't be enough HRT in the planet to get you through, like, to get you through that. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die here. But a couple of pounds were lost, so that's all that matters. Deirdre stripped down to her underwear again. <laughs> well, I thought they deserved a treat. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Deirdre Kelly. And because we've been joined by another comedian, is Bernard Casey. Kerry's finest, straight out of Port McGee, is the movie that will be made about your life at some point. Star Bernard. Wars Episode Nine. <laughs> um, lovely to have you in Galway. You're actually performing here in the King's Head at one o'clock. At one o'clock, so it's nearly twelve now, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm in about an hour's time. I'm playing upstairs here in the Ruby Room. So if you'd like to come up for a show, you're more than welcome. That's <laughs> the best thing about the Galway Comedy Festival is that not everything is like, oh, time is at eight o'clock. Start. No, there's comedy all day, every day. It's unbelievable because I was just thinking about it on the way up yesterday. You have like. The international comics all over the world in a, in a space that is the size of Grafton Street yes, you know yes. like it is it, it's not like it, it's all over the place like you're not going all the way out to Oran Moor or you're yeah. going all the way out to Ardrahan or anywhere like that it's all in a confined space it's all within walking distance and you can you can feel the atmosphere in the city it's unreal yeah. and look Bernard you're obviously very famous for your alter egos um, you know did the gossip make the trip up with you or how's he getting on the other way all right you know, we <laughs> We came up there. We, we came from Cork, actually. We, oh. came, we did, yeah, yeah. We were in Cork there the last night, so we stayed there and we made our way up. And the road from Limerick to Galway is fantastic. Deadly all together. You would make first time. You would. <laughs> first time all together. But that road from Cork to Limerick is chaotic. Uh, you're going through Mallow, Buttevant, Charleville. You might as well be going through Narnia if I look at it. Desperate all together. Behind trucks, buses, automobiles, people from mainland Europe that are now fat side of the road there, huh? <laughs> Oh, we got here anyway, but should, the, the sooner they make that bi- that motorway from Cork to Limerick, we'll be driving to Lethal Kinney in an hour and a half. They've been calling yeah. that for a long time. I'm yeah. not sure it's ever going to I happen. I think people are expecting JP McManus to go out and just build it with his own hands. <laughs> um, but come here, I, I, you know, when I'm walking around Galway, I'm thinking, you see all the students here. I could imagine the nephew being here. I mean, it, would he have plans? Yeah, I'm taking a look at the place at the moment, all right. <laughs> it's uh, it's, the, it, it's a place where all the hipsters kind of go to college. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. So, 
And you know, I, I suppose with me being on social media and things like that, that I'm sure I'd kind of qualify in that department <laughs> as well. So that would make you a hipster. Yeah, I, I would. Like, you know, I could transfer up here and play with Salty and Nakara as well. Like, you know, <laughs> they're playing in the county final this weekend, so they're playing Mike Cullen. So, yeah, I'm a big fan uh, of, of, of Salty Lorraine. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like, you know, because you, you never know. Like, I could transfer, you could make the under-20s with Galway or anything. You know, as long as I make it so, at some level. Oh. Mm. Well, what, what would you study if you got the course of your dreams? Oh, probably film, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Then I'd study film. I might do a master's in something else then after that. Wow. Like, and then, sure, I'd probably, you know, yeah. probably just, start, start just... serving tables then. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't go into adult movies. I don't think that's something we'd need no, to No, no, I'm, I'm a bit more pure for that. Like, you know, I got a mass every Sunday. Oh, of course. <laughs> like, <laughs> What's your favourite film, actually? My favourite film, Whitney and I. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard E. Grant, he's some man by with the hotels as well, Hotel Secret. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's a good move. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't expecting that, were you? No, no. <laughs> the way you... The way you... The way you... The way you... I'm an artist, boy. I'm a creator. <laughs> uh, you can see Bernard. He's performing here and right across the weekend at the Galway Comedy Festival. Bernard Casey, everybody. Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am.